Hi there, this is Jacob Msipa, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. Reading from verse number 11. And it says, Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house. And Solomon successfully accomplished all that came into his heart to make in the house of the Lord and in his own house. Amen. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word, O God. Our hearts are wide open to you, O God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are depending on you, and we thank you, O God, that you will speak to our lives and touch us this morning. And the church said, Amen. Amen. So, what does it mean to finish. You know, we always talk about the word finishing. And in the Hebrew, that word finish is called the word kala. Uh, we don't judge each other when we're reading Hebrew words on spellings, right? None of, none of us were there, so none of us can really <laughs> say whether we are doing wrong or right. But the word finish in the Hebrew is the word kala, and it, it means words such as to end, to bring to pass, to accomplish, and my personal favorite, to prosperously effect. That's what the word finish means. And in racing, we all know um, those of us who are fans of um, runners and running, etc. I don't know if they're there in the house um, or those who wish to be runners and, <laughs> you know, they are still trusting God for the grace. Um, but um, there is what we call the finish line. And everyone that starts a race starts it with the aim to reach the finish line. And the finish line is defined as a line that is marking the end of a race but it can also be defined as the final point of a process when it can be said to have ended or succeeded. And for myself this morning, I choose the word succeeded. And in our lives, you know, we all start different things, especially when the year begins. You know, all of us, we write down the things we would like to do. Um, we, 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 some of us start businesses. Some of us want to start a new career. Some of us want to um, just attract a new habit in our lives that's much more better than the ones we've had previously. Some of us want to start families, etc. There are different things as people that we begin to start when the year begins. Amen. And all of those things that we start in the beginning, it, it, it always feels like, you know, I'm just going to get in there and this is going to work. You know, I'm just going to start this business and you can already see the, the, the revenue, the corner office with the glass window uh, and the tea lady and whatever else that you are wishing for your business, trucks, whatever it is that you see, you know. Uh, you know, some of us, if you're a lady and you are believing God for marriage, when, the, when, you, when you are starting to believe him and starting to pray, you even go and look for the right wedding dress. Don't act like you don't do it. I can see you. <laughs> I see you. Uh, you go and look for the right dress and you kind of think, do I want rose gold or do I want gold in terms of jewelry? All of those things, you know. Starting has that. 
You know, it gives you that, that encouragement. It, it, and you see things and you envision things, things you want to do, things that are possible. And you see yourself in a different place from where um, you are. And that is valid for each and every one of us. However, we realize along the way that it becomes different from what we thought it was going to become that it is not as easy as we thought it would be. I mean, even with our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, I mean, when it begins, on that day when you get saved, woof, you are overwhelmed with the love of God. Uh, you just feel like Jesus is here, you know? You feel like screaming at the top of your voice like some of us did the other day. Hopefully we didn't upset our neighbors when we saw the Instagram post. We screamed uh, outside. We were running around screaming Jesus like headless chickens. But you, you have that feeling, you know, and you just want to love God. You feel like you can hug him and you feel like he's sitting right next to you and you are reading the Bible. And the more the journey goes, then you realize mm, he's starting to require certain things from me that I didn't think he was going to require. Especially if he starts saying you must leave doing certain things. You know, in the beginning it becomes nice. It's almost like you pray a little bit, ah, it comes. You don't even have to squeal like, Lord Jesus, it's here. Like three, six months down the line, hey, I pray and like it's not coming. <laughs> What's happening, you know? Um, and that is how, yeah, it, it, things happen fast. You know, um, it's like God is there just saying, you can do this, you can do this. Then when he starts really working in you, you know, and he says, maybe you should ditch his numbers. Then you are like. When we started this relationship, God, <laughs> I did not think that this is what it would come with. You know, yeah, when he starts saying, stop listening to that music. When he starts saying, wake up and pray. And you, you would rather not. When he starts saying, make time for the word, and Netflix is Netflixing in your head, you know? And you want to watch the next episode of Night Agent because the last time he received the call and you want to see what else is happening after. So when, when, when they start being down the race, there's always that feeling of, oh my God, this is more difficult than I thought. And it happens to each and every one of us. But we need to know that finishing is not guaranteed by our potential. The ability to finish takes something else. That's why you will sit down and see someone who's heavily talented. And you will wonder. I nearly mentioned a name, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. But you will look at someone, you're like, how? I mean, I can really see this on this person. They have it. You know, it's right there. Um, it's uh, one of the, the fastest runners that I looked at when, when I was busy preparing was Usain Bolt. And everything on the internet says he's the fastest runner in the world. Like Usain Bolt runs around the, the, the field, right? It's a track. Runs around the track and he, he can see he's already beat the guys, but just for control, he'll do another lap around them. And still beat them. Like, that's how fast Usain Bolt is. Uh, and, you know, I just said to myself, he's probably not the fastest person in the world. He's just, he's just the one who did something about the grace that he has um, upon his life. You know? 
but him getting there, he can't really take all of that and attribute it to his own potential. There needs to be something else that guarantees us or that propels us or that makes sure that we finish the race that we have begun. And we will talk about it a little bit later. Now, one thing we need to know is that God wants us to finish. God wants us to finish. In the book of Hebrews, chapter number 12, verse 2, the word of God says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down uh, at the right hand of the throne of God. God himself is a finisher. And God wants us to be like him. So he wants us to finish. God is interested in us finishing. He's not a God who wants to start things, then stop them, then start things, then stop them, you know, uh, and confuse us in life. The Bible says he's not the author of confusion. The Holy Spirit is not the author of confusion. So when things start, God wants to see them to an end. Amen. Those who are connecting for the X-Connect, um, um, we are so grateful for the word that our pastor preached um, to us on that day. It was so, so powerful. Um, but Pastor Jacob mentioned a thing of always noticing how some entrepreneurs will start with an idea, work it, work it, work it, gets tough, jump, next idea. You work it, work it, work it, it gets tough, you jump, move to the next idea. Work it, work it, and that's not the will of God. For us to start, start. We're always starting, but you're never finishing, you know? You're constantly starting. It is not the will of God for us to start and not finish. He wants us to be like him as his children. There's a scripture um, in the Bible where Jesus <clears throat> is speaking to the, the, the disciples, you know, and he's giving them a, a, a parable, um, but I want us to take that parable and also take it back to, to him, and it will make sense after I read it. So it's, uh, he said in the parable, for which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, less after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him. The Bible says God cannot be mocked. God does not want to be mocked. That's why when he starts a project in your life, that's why when he starts a project with you in your life, he wants to see it to fruition. And I like that scripture because it also says, lest after he has laid the foundation, and is not able to finish it. The Bible also speaks to us as Jesus being the foundation that was laid. So in God's purpose and his plan, he's already counted the cost for our salvation. 
that the cost for our salvation is the blood of Jesus Christ. And he laid him down as a foundation that we can build upon. And this is why he wants us to succeed in what we are doing because we are continuing to finish the work that he has begun. He is working in and through us to finish that work. So do not be deceived. When things get tough, don't think God does not want me to finish what he has started to do in my life. He does. He does. God wants you to finish. God is concerned. In prayer on Saturday, and I know we have a standing agreement not to share the testimony with those who are not there. I'm not sure whether it's a standing agreement or not. However, uh, Mfundisi spoke about how God cares. And even with us finishing, God cares. Whether it's passing those exams with cum laude and getting A's, God wants those A's for you. You need to know that. Whether it's starting a, a business and, and, and starting to receive um, money that you want to receive into that business the way you want to receive it, God is interested in that. Whether you want to lose weight, God is interested in that. And the devil likes playing games in our minds that make us think that God doesn't care. But God cares. Because everything that we do, we do because of him. We do in and through him. So after he saves us, he wants to liberate us like we were taught last week in all areas. He doesn't want us to not have balance. Where your business is thriving, but your family life is a mess. Or your family life is thriving and your career is questionable. You know, things just don't seem to add together. And it almost feels like what I've started will not... Um, finish. And everything that we desire in our hearts, right? The, the Bible says in the book of Psalm verse, uh, verse 37, it says, um, delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. There are things that God will plant in your heart and you start desiring them. And most of us can be tempted to think that I'm the one who wants to. You know, when you get to the point where you feel like, maybe I'm the one who wants this for myself. You know, maybe I'm the one who wants to be married. God doesn't really want it for me. You know, maybe I'm the one who's forcing the business. God doesn't really want it for me. You know, maybe I'm the one who's forcing to believe God for a child. God doesn't really want it for me. You know, maybe I want a big house. I, maybe I'm just going to be one of those that are going to die with a two-roomed house and that's it. You know, it's very tempting for us to get to that point in our lives. But when we read again the opening scripture from Second Chronicles verse, um, chapter 7, verse 11, it says that Solomon built and did the work according to all that came into his heart. Where did it come from? God. God gave him the desire. And that verse, it's very key to note. It said of what he wanted to do for the Lord's house and what he wanted to do for his house. So God is not one-sided. He's not wanting you to excel in one area and, you know, suffer. There are simple scriptures that, you know, we constantly need to remind ourselves about. When Jesus said, I became poor so that you may, you may become rich, it is what it is. And life can sometimes try to convince us that that is not what Jesus wants for us. But this morning, I want us to know God wants us to finish. 
God wants you to prosperously effect that business you are starting, your career, your marriage, whatever decision you are making, your walk with God, your growth as a Christian. God wants you to finish the race and he wants you to finish it well. He doesn't just want you to finish. He wants you to prosperously effect. That's why when he speaks, he speaks specifically. Even to King Lomond, there were specifics of what he was supposed to do. And when he then decided to say, I have done all, it was based on, on the specifics. So don't think that the ideas that you have that you've properly planned um, are not going to happen as long as you ensure and make them sure Find counsel, pray about it. If you look at King Solomon, he would constantly be in communication with God. He would constantly refer to what his father David said. So as long as you make sure that you are receiving good counsel and you are sure, because it's dangerous to ask yourself and answer yourself all the time. Very, very dangerous. So as long as you make sure that this is from God, I'm telling you, go for it. Go for it. With every single thing that you have, there is enough grace um, for you to, uh, um, to, to, to finish the work that God has started uh, in and, and through you. So we need to make sure that we follow through and we stand and believe in God that we are going to finish. Just give place for godly counsel. Constantly check um, and move in what God has called you to do. There can be troubles. There can be things that are causing you not to achieve what you want to achieve. But keep on pushing. Keep on building like we're constantly um, saying. Now, there, there are some accounts in the Bible of, um, you know, people that finished the work. And I just want us to go through just a few um, of them. And the first group of people that I'd like us to look at is the children of Israel, right? Um, remember when they came out of Egypt, Moses then called them and said, this is what God is saying, bring your offering, we need to build God a tabernacle, right? There were specifics of how they were supposed to, bring, to build the tabernacle, how God wanted it to be done, and the, the book, the Bible, sorry, in the book of Exodus chapter number 39, verse 32, it says, thus all the work of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting was finished. And the children of Israel did according to all that the Lord had commanded Moses. So they did. So the children of Israel also finished what God wanted them to do in terms of building the tabernacle of the Lord. And in Exodus chapter number 40, verse 33, and I know Moses is very, you know, uh, wishy-washy when it comes to, because most of us like saying uh, when it comes to him finishing, oh, but he did not, you know, get to the promised land uh, at the end of the day. But there's a lot that God told Moses to do that he did, and he finished. There's a lot that God told Moses to do, and um, he finished. And in the book of Exodus, chapter number 40, verse 33, the Bible says, And he raised up the court all around the tabernacle and the altar and hung up the screen of the court gate. So Moses finished the work. Moses 
finished the work. So God wants us to finish. Joshua, in the um, book of um, Joshua chapter number 4, verse 10, this is the account when the children of Israel were supposed to cross the, the river Jordan and um, instructions were given to, to the priests. And this was very interesting for me because the scripture says, so the priests who bore the ark stood in the midst of the Jordan. Right? They stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished that the Lord had commanded Joshua to speak to the people according to all that Moses had commanded Joshua and the people hurried and crossed over. So sometimes what we need to finish is our waiting period. What they needed to do was stand and wait until Moses was done dishing the instructions according to what God wanted him to say. So all they had to do was wait until he was finished so that at his word when he's done, then they can start moving. And the Bible said they then hurried across, no stress. So sometimes some of us struggle to finish our waiting period. We allow the enemy to come in a period where God is asking us to wait, to come and push us to do things fast, to prove a point. Have you ever heard that voice in your head that wants you to prove a point? You know, if you say you're that good, shouldn't you be by now? You know, if you're saying that this is something that God has called you to do, shouldn't you be by now doing this? You know, and you can feel you are sitting in your chair, but something is like, stand up, but something is like, no, not yet. You know, even the disciples, after they, uh, they, they, they were with Jesus, just before he, he ascended, they were excited. Our Savior is risen. We're going to go out and tell the world that Jesus is alive. We are going to be witnesses. Oh my God, he said we are going to go to the outermost parts of the world. We can't wait. They just wanted good intentions. But Jesus said, wait. Wait until you are endowed with power. So waiting is very important. And even as we pursue to finish, don't be in a hurry to finish your waiting period. Don't be in a hurry to finish your waiting period. Allow your waiting period to see itself through. Allow your waiting period to go through. God is endowing you with power. There are some things that other people might not see, even you, that God is working on the inside. Uh, when watching Usain Bolt, um, he said for him the most difficult thing is not running the race. He was like, ah, being on the track, the day of the race is like, no stress. He's like, even when I'm on that line just before they hit the, the gun, uh, when they do the, <laughs> I was about to reveal my age and say on your marks. Uh, but when they are sitting there, awaiting, you know, and they, uh, they bend, however, there's a structure, there's a form, I'm not too versed with it, that you hold before you leave. He's like, at that time, through my mind, thoughts that grow, go through my mind are like, what am I going to do after the race? Am I going to go out with some friends? Am I going to, he's like, because the race is not a problem for me. He said, what's more difficult for me to do is training. He was like, it's the days when there's no one in the grandstand and I have to push myself. When no one's going to applaud me, 
No one's going to give me a medal, but I still need to work as hard as though I am standing in front of a stage, as though um, this is the day that I'm going to break my, my last record that I broke. That's the most difficult thing. And all of us get to those moments where God is working something in you. Give yourself time to wait and allow God to work you. So that when it comes to it being public and it being taken out there to be seen by others, you have been properly worked. There's so much value in someone who is prepared and somebody who gets hit by a ball in the face. Ubabum Simela, who... Uh, uh, the late uh, Babum Simela, who is our, 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 our pastor's um, spiritual parent, uh, we used to call him Kulu. Um, he used to say, unprepared when a ball hits you on the face. So there are things that God is working inside of us, even as we are waiting, so that by the time we come out and it's time to play, we are good to go. So this grace to finish the race is also important for us to finish the time we need to spend waiting. When you know, like I'm it, I'm, I'm a hit, I can do this thing, but God is like, whoa, sit there, sit there, wait, wait, wait. And I like how when they were waiting, Joshua was busy teaching instruction. Listen, listening, listening. Then when he was done, then they could move. And the same should be for us. So if you feel this morning that you are in a place where you are waiting and it's rumbling inside, allow God to finish his work in you. We will know you. We will know you. The world will know. Because God will finish what he started. But if it's still time for you to, to just work it where you are, it's even better because there if you make a mistake, uh, four or five people can see, you know. You see people who are not prepared. When they go on the other side, when they make a mistake, then everyone can see the blunder, you know. Little things allow him to work in you. It's unfortunate that we even have examples of leaders in our country who are amazing. I'm not going to mention any names, but little things. That you are like, ah, but this, you should have worked way back. Learning how to control yourself and be faithful and stick to this. And you see them blundering in front of the whole world. And it's there for everyone to see and make them a laughing stock. So let us not uh, withhold or allow the devil to push us out of a waiting period. If you have a leader that is still leading you and you feel like, hey, you know what, I've got so many ideas for builders, kids, and maybe when you slept, you were dreaming and you saw, you know, yourself making the kids float in the room, whatever the case may be. If right now God sees it fit that this person leading you should be your leader now, wait, wait, you will finish the race. You will finish the race. God God in his own time, and I believe I'm talking to the right people this morning. I mean, we know at the right time, he will supersede every single thing you've ever dreamed of. And he will do what he wants to do in your life. Amen. And, uh, of course, King Solomon, as we are speaking about him this morning, has also finished 
the, the, the temple. And I like the scripture in the book of First Kings chapter number 6, verse 14, because it says, so Solomon built the temple and finished it. Amen. So whatever it is that we are building will be finished. I just felt so strongly that this scripture even speaks to us as a church. You know, that whatever it is that we are building, it will be finished. The house of the Lord, our lives, our careers, our businesses, our marriages, our children, whatever that it is that we are building will be finished. Nazi, one day we will stand or somebody will say, and so they built the house and they finished it. Amen. Amen. And of course, Paul, um, whom we all know in the book of Second Timothy chapter 4, Verse 7, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Amen. So we can see many accounts in the Bible where God has given people the grace to finish what they started. And he is the same God even for us this morning. Amen. We will finish. Look at your neighbor and say, we will finish. Come on, with a little bit more energy, we will finish. Amen. Amen. Our God is big. Our God is great. He's not starting things just to tease us. He's not starting things just to dangle a carrot so your whole life you can look at that carrot and wish you can bite it. But in Jesus' name, you will bite that carrot. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are going to look at uh, what I've termed the five B's, right? I really said for a long time, and I was like, Lord, the five B's of what? And it just could not come together. So we've got the five B's, but it will make sense. Amen. Because um, there is a part that we must play. There is a part that we must play. Even as we endeavor to finish the race, even as we believe and trust God that he will grant us the grace to finish the race, we must play our part. There is something that we need to do. Amen. And these five Bs are found um, them in the book of First Chronicles, chapter number 28 and verse 20. Amen. I'm watching my time. And it is watching me. And the 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 book of 1 Chronicles 28, verse 20 says, And David said to his son Solomon, Be strong and of good courage and do it. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, my God, will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you until you have finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. Amen. So now the first B we are going to look at is be strong. Look at your neighbor and say, be strong. Be strong. Come on, with strength, tell them to be strong. be strong. Amen. This is because you need strength to finish. Every race will tire you down. It will wear you down. You can be the best ever. You can be the Usain Bolt. You will be tired because everyone gets tired. So it is required of us to make sure that we are continuously sourcing strength. Like I said in the beginning that you finishing the race is not going to 
completely rely on your potential. You need to draw from somewhere. So even strength, we need to grow, to, to draw strength from, from somewhere, even as we grow um, weary, because every great work is tiresome. If it doesn't tire you, you must ask yourself if I'm really going for, for it, or if I'm, I'm being complacent and comfortable and patting myself on the shoulder with this, this, this much effort. In the book of Isaiah, chapter number 40, verse 29, it says, He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. I was like, wow. So that means as the demand for strength increases in the race, God is able to increase strength. Those who run will tell you that when you are running on a flat surface and when you are running on a steep, it's difficult, very much difficult. And I can also tell you, because the day I attempted it, I made a vow that I will never run up a steep or a slope. I'll just keep it flat and live my life for Jesus. So we need to make sure that when the time comes and we grow weary, instead of being worried about the fact that we are tired and we want to be Superman, you know, always ready for action with an, an S on your chest, you know, that's not how you're going to feel every day. So on those times when you are tired, it's not time to, you can worry about being tired or you can go to God and ask him to strengthen you so that you can keep moving. And when you get tired, it's not because you are a weakling or, you know, uh, you are not good enough. It shouldn't be a measure of that. Everyone grows tired. Jesus, there's a time when the disciples came back to him and they were like, yo, Lord Jesus, we preach the gospel. We did miracle signs and wonders. We taught people and whatnot. And they're like, so where do we go next? And Jesus was like, rest. Because the thing makes you feel like, ah, I, I, I don't need strength. You know, I can just, I can keep going. But rest is important so that you can receive strength, so that you can receive might from the Lord. Ephesians 6 verse 10 says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. In order to finish the race, we need to know that we will constantly be in need of God's might, of God's strength. It's not something that you can do with your own. It's not something that you can do based on the size of your muscular build or whatever the case may be, or your intelligence or your wisdom your general knowledge, your IQ, it's not just that. But you need God to give you strength so that when you are weak, you can lean in, in him and arise. You know, sometimes you even need the strength to sit down and do nothing. You know, those who are like me, who sometimes struggle with being, um, I don't want to say workaholic, but you know, you are action-driven. <laughs> you are action driven and you constantly want to do things and get things done sometimes you need the strength to sit down and say it's not all up to me 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 there's a God in heaven and his might and his strength is enough amen and the second B is be of good courage. 
be of good courage. I love this definition that I found. It says, courage is the choice and willingness to confront agony, pain, danger, uncertainty, or intimidation. Big things are intimidating. Big races are intimidating. Great work is intimidating. The position you are looking for at work is intimidating. And for you to be able to face it and confront it, you need God in your life. You need God to give you the courage to face it. The same way he worked courage in David. That the Bible says as Goliath was coming towards David, David was walking towards Goliath. Most of us would have been running, myself included. But David was moving towards, and what gives you the guts? What gives you that confidence to say, I can stand in front of this thing. As it comes, I can go. You know, I can, I, it can be the 30th in my business. I know the balance of the bank account is on minus. I can wake up in the morning, take a bath. When I walk into the office, greet my employees like nothing is wrong. Like at 12 o'clock, they are going to be receiving something, knowing very well that I have nothing. I'm leaning on God and I'm trusting God to make a way. What gives you that? When you know that somebody has done you wrong and you need to go and face them with love, even love can be intimidating. Forgiveness can be intimidating. Walking in those elements can be intimidating. So you need God to give you the courage. When you get that meeting finally with the person that you want to meet, trust me, it's not going to be easy here. Your head is going to give you all reasons why you are not worthy of meeting with them. You know, most of us always say, Man, I'm tall president. And if he walks in here, I'm, I'm, I'm persuaded to say 95% of us will be intimidated. One, I know it will be because of honor, but two, it will be because you'll be thinking, you know, you won't really have the guts to stand up to him and say it like you, know, like you will say, Mr. President, as soon as he says, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just that we are suffering. <laughs> you know? But you need courage. Courage says if God said it, even if it's not happening, even if they come and take my car, even if they come and take my house, even if it looks like my son will never wake up from the sick bed, even if it looks like my mom will never be healed of cancer, I'm going to stand and face the situation. I'm not going to hold back. And in this season, God is saying, if we want to finish the races we've started, we need to stand and face it. We need to stand and face it. We have a grand example with this building, Bazalwan, where a bank said yes, and they turned around tomorrow and said no. That is unheard of. It's unheard of. And if our pastors had not stood, I always thank God for them because if it was me, uh, after the no from the bank, I would have said, I know, peace out. So many no's. So many no's. But we are taught to have courage. It's those that have courage that will finish the race. And may courage come upon us this morning. May God give us the boldness to face our situations. I don't care if your, your bank balance is on a negative. I don't care if they are issuing out retrenchment letters at your workplace this coming week. Stand and face it. Stand and face it. In Jesus' name.
the book of Psalms chapter number 31 verse 24 says, Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. All you who hope in the Lord. Let your hope be in the Lord. When it's too big for you, just lean on what Mamfundisi said here the other day. I'm a small girl, yes, but I have a big God. I have a big God. I have a big God. In my family, no one is even strong enough to bring this connection for me, but I have a big God. 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 Look at the electricity meter. Get home. Cook a meal. I have a big God. I have a big God. If you're supposed to be paying a debt this week, get home. When they, when they call, take the phone. Hi. You are, don't dodge. You are speaking to Hope Mabasa. How can I help you? You speak to them. They tell you, we, we, we want our money. You are not paying. You say, uh, sir, first of all, I'd like to really ask that you speak to me respectfully. I know I owe the bank, but I am a client of the bank and not yours of the bank. So even after I pay the money, I'm paying the bank. So let's just be clear. With courage. With courage. Don't let the devil play you. Don't let the devil put you down. This is your race and you are going to finish it. And you are going to finish it. The third B. I'm running out of time. Be a doer of God's word. I like the Nike slogan. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Do what God has said you must do. If you are unsure, there's places where you can get godly counsel. Speak to our pastors. Speak to, 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 to you know, relevant sources where you can get godly and sound, sober, godly counsel. Pray about it. And if you hear the Lord saying you must do it, do it. Don't hold back. The book of Exodus chapter number 40 verse 16. It says, thus Moses did according to all that the Lord had commanded him. So he did. You must be a doer. People who finish races don't look at the track and go, hmm, it would be nice to get to the finish line. And then they don't do anything about it. But they are doers. They will sit down and count the cost and say, yes, I know. I can't even run for a kilometer, but at least I can just for the, for, for now, I'm going to run past the house, take a break on the next house, run on the next house, take a break on the next house. Before I know it, I can run past five houses and I'm running. Before I know it, I've gone around the streets. Oh my God, I've gone to the garage, I've bought bread and I came back jogging. That's how it works. You do, you do, you constantly do even when you wait there are things that God will ask you to do in that waiting period you do them you do them you do them you do them with all your might you do them with all your might you have no idea what God is preparing you for you have no idea what God wants to accomplish in your life so just do it amen the next B is that we need to be fearless we need to be fearless. Fear is not from God. The Bible says he has not given us the spirit of fear, but he has given us the spirit of peace. He has given us the spirit of a sound mind that is not intimidated by fear. Fear almost has a voice. Don't go there. You are going to die. There are people that will speak of strange things, and when you ask them, why didn't you do it? Oh, I thought I was going to die. 
and you're trying to calculate and you're thinking, die from that. But fear can intimidate you. Fear can make you sit down. Fear can, can, can let you sit and, and forget about what you're dreaming. It can just say, sit down. Sit down, you're not going to make it. Oh my God, they're going to laugh at you. They're going to laugh at you so hard. And you remember at primary school, it was the same thing. They used to laugh at you. You're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. You're going to lose your husband. If you guys get money, you will see. You will no longer serve God. You will go and do your own things. It's fear saying you must not get to where you must get to. It's fear saying you will not cope as a CEO of an organization. Sit down. What are you doing? You're going to hurt yourself. It's going to be too much. It's going to stress you out. You're going to be depressed. You're going to lose your mind. It's fear. When the angel of the Lord came to Gideon in the book of Judges and it was visiting him, we all know the account. God was coming to tell him how he's a mighty man of valor, strong. God wants him to help because the children of Israel were being plundered during that period. God wanted to raise somebody who would stand up and help them fight. Gideon answers the angel. He's like, he was from the tribe of Manasseh. And he's like, our clan is the weakest clan in the, in, in the, in, in the tribe of Manasseh. Like Manasseh, then in the, in the Manasseh uh, tribe, our clan is the weakest. More than that, I am the least in my father's house. When the angel was talking to him, fear, looking at your own potential, trying to figure out with my own might how this is going to be possible. And it causes you to feel like you will never make it and you will never get there. He says in the book of Judges 6 verse 23, then the Lord said to him, peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. So it's not far-fetched, eh? When God, God can speak to you and the enemy can come and show you a trail to the grave and say, this is going to kill you. It's going to stress you out. You're not going to make it. If I can be vulnerable with you for a minute, also with me. You know, even as uh, responsibilities were trying to come and new responsibilities and new roles that I need to play, I sat down, I'm like, Lord, me, I'm not even good with working with people. I don't even like working with people. <laughs> you know, and, and it's not even the truth. It's not the truth. There's nothing I enjoy. Like working with people, there's nothing I enjoy like us coming together, whether we are rehearsing, whether we are planning for something, whether we are brainstorming uh, something. That's my best, best moments where I can just be sitting in a room and, and a lot of people are sharing things and I can connect things to it, you know, and, and, and it paints a picture. It's my favorite thing to do, but the devil was here. Fear. Fear. You won't make it. Maybe this other person is good. Or you're too sweet, you're too soft. This is not going to work. It's going to break you. And you see a trail. Six feet under. <laughs> but it's not the will of God. It's not the will of God. We have the spirit of truth. We have the spirit of mind, of, of might. And we are not going to let the devil uh, scare us. In Jesus' name, amen. Then the, Bi the Bible also says, be not uh, dismayed, you know. 
when David speaks to Solomon, he says to him, don't be dismayed. Being dismayed is that state where you have allowed fear to break you to a point of no activity. You know when it has worked you so much, you can't even arise and do anything. You failed at this thing so many times that you don't have it in you to arise and do it anymore. You know you've been trying to, to work this for years, for years, and it seems like it's not coming together and it breaks you, even to a point where some of us don't even want to get out of the house because you feel like everybody knows and there is absolutely nothing that I can do with this particular situation. But God has amazing grace. God has enough grace for us to prosper, for us to finish what he has started in us. It is October in 2023. And I just want to encourage you this morning. If there is anything you started and it seemed like it wasn't working, and you know in your heart that this is God, and you wrote your first exams already, and you didn't get the grades you were looking for, and now you are faced with your final exams, or it's just coming to an end, and you thought by now at least one contract to sustain us so we can continue doing what we want to do, or you want to build your family, you want to build your marriage and you were hoping that at this time me and my husband would be getting along better. We've been going to counseling, but it seems like it's not coming together. I just want to encourage you this morning and say the grace of God is what makes us finish the work that we need to do and his grace is available this morning for you to finish what he has started in you. We finish not just because of what we do even if we exert ourselves uh, into the work, if the grace of God is not at play, we run the risk of not finishing. But the grace of God is available to cause us to finish the things that we said we are going to finish by end of this year. It's not over. Even tomorrow, something can happen. Even today, you can get that phone call. Even in the week, somebody can say, hey, I remember you once said this or this person once spoke about you. I've been meaning to call you, but I'm calling you now. Bazalwani, I'm speaking from a testimony where somebody once said, I did not sleep last night. I was thinking about you. And I thought if there's somebody capable to go on this overseas trip on behalf of the organization, it's you. This coming from somebody who hated me openly. So don't look at what's around you that's saying no, but focus on God because God can give you the grace. It is Christ in us who is the hope of glory. It is our God that makes things happen in our life as he is. The song we were singing in the past uh, couple of weeks, so are we in this world. And if he finished, we will finish. In the book of John chapter number four, verse 34, Jesus said to them, my, my food is to do the will of, the, of him who sent me and to finish his work. And as he is, 
we are in the world. Amen. As he finished, we will finish. It will be our food to finish his work. It will be our food. Food is something you get on a daily. Daily we will be ticking boxes of things that we have started, things that we have finished in the name of Jesus. The book of John, chapter number 5, verse 36 says, But I have a greater witness than John's. For the works which the Father has given me to finish... The very works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. People might be thinking you are in the business world because you want to be there. People might be thinking you are in your career or in school because you want to be there. But God has sent you. And because he has sent you, you will finish whatever it is that he has sent you to do. In the book of John, chapter number 17, verse 4, it says, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do and this will be our word we will stand before the Lord and we will say Lord I have glorified you on the earth and I have finished the work that you have given me to do and a scripture that I love from the book of John chapter number 19 verse 30 <laughs> because the race we are running is a race that has already been finished some people when they start that's the beginning but Jesus finished something so that by the time you are running, you are running a peculiar race, a race that is already been finished. He says in the word, so when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said it, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. The same spirit of God is upon us. The same grace is upon us. Jesus went and hung on the cross and gave his life and went and sat at the right hand of the Father. He finished the work. And the same Jesus is the Jesus that is in you. It's the Jesus that is in me. And he is working in us to make sure that we finish the work that he has sent us to do. In the book of Zechariah chapter number 4, verse 8 to 9, the word of the Lord says to these builders that were building against all opposition that you can think of, political, financial, bad, and they were only trying to rebuild the house of the Lord. The word of the Lord came through them, to them and it said, moreover, the word of the Lord rather came to me saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands shall also finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. And this is the word that God is giving us this morning, that he has sent us to that place. And because he has sent us, there's enough grace to finish. We will finish the work. You will grow that business. You will raise your family. You will improve your life. Your finances will change. Your life will change. Your family will change. You will let go of that habit and it will be as if it was never there to begin with. Because our God is a finisher. And this morning there is enough grace to finish the race in this place. Let us stand on our feet and just trust God for, for grace to finish the race. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, O oh God, for the grace to finish the race. We thank you, Master, that you have called us to start things so that we can finish them. And this morning, we stand upon your word, the father and the finisher of our faith, that, O oh God, even as you finished, the finisher is in us. The finisher is in us. The finisher is in us. 
Oh God, we admit we are weak. We admit, oh God, we cannot do it on our own. But we know this morning that the finisher is, is within us, oh God. And that it is finished, oh Master, in the name of Jesus. Even as we go home, oh God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the grace that you have given us. We thank you that there is enough grace to finish that there is enough grace to finish in this place. Oh God, that even as we head towards the end of the year, it's not the end of your promises for us, oh God. But oh Master, you are finishing that which you have started. Oh God, everything that we have written down, the things that we have brought before you in the name of Jesus, you are watching upon each and every one of them. You are taking them. You are speaking your word. It is finished. It is finished. It is finished in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh Lord, we thank you. We give you glory. Hi there. This is Jacob Msipa, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you.